Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. As things are starting to reopen around the country, around the world, people are starting to go back to work. They're starting to socialize again. Some are even going back to church and receiving the Eucharist again. There's a lot of questions about how best to proceed. Uh, and I want to I want to raise an important Catholic question as we're trying to sort out all of this and try to navigate how we move ahead with this reopening. I want to ask an important Catholic question and. Uh, I don't mean for it to be controversial in any way, but I I think it will be controversial because we live in a very secular age that doesn't tend to ask these kind of Catholic questions. But because all of you, your faith is so important to you, I want to really encourage you in this. I think it's important that we think about this together. And here's my question. Should health be our number one priority? As things are starting to reopen and we're trying to think about what's the best way to proceed, should your health and your safety be the number one consideration. Should that really be the case? Now, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to enter into the debate about the shutdown. Should we have done all this? Or what are the best strategies for reopening? I, I'm really not interested in, I mean, I am personally, but I, not, not for this episode. I, I just want to throw out a very important Catholic principle for us to think about that in my own personal life, should I be thinking about health as the number one thing? And what happens if I do that? What happens to my family life? What happens to my interaction with others? What happens in my parish? What happens in my community? If, if, if I view health as the number one thing that I need to, to, to go after here. You know, from a Christian perspective, health, of course, is a, a good. It's a great good. Uh, we, we might even say it's one of the priorities in life. You know, I, I think today, in a, given the crisis we're in, I think one could make the case, of course, that it, it should be a top priority. We should be thinking about the common good and protecting people from this disease and especially those at risk. And, you know, health is a, a top priority in these days. But should we say it's the number one priority? What happens if we actually have that conviction in our heart deep down, what does that mean for my spiritual life? How does that affect my relationship with God? How does that affect my relationship with others? How do I live in society? It really makes a difference if we think that. And that's what I want to talk about in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sree. And as always, I want to welcome any new listeners joining us for the first time. Thanks for being with us here. And as I've been doing recently, I've been really sh- showing, sharing with uh, many of you the wonderful opportunities that are out there for faith formation. I'm so thankful that, you know, with parishes closing and many people not even being able to get to mass, you know, there's a hunger. How do I keep enriching my faith? Uh, and I want to tell you about another wonderful opportunity coming up here. I mentioned it last week. It's the Catholic Marriage Summit. So whether you're married or you're engaged, or even if you're single and you, you, you're hoping to be married someday, I think you could get a lot out of this conference. And this is going to be so powerful. Because uh, it's going to be bringing together some of the top Catholic teachers and theologians on marriage and family life. And they're going to be sharing uh, not just uh, themselves, but with their spouses. You're going to hear couples witnessing uh, about the theology of marriage, how to live it out, but more practically, you know, how can I build a stronger marriage? And, uh, you know, if marriage is my primary vocation, how do I live it out well? And and what's wonderful about this conference, like all of these, they're they're free. They're completely for free. You can watch the the 
the talks from your own home at your own convenience and your own schedule. And so check it out. It's coming up here, June 11th through 13th. And there's a, a, a link that we're going to put here in the show notes. You can check it out in the show notes to register for free. So go to that link or you can go to my Instagram page and just go click on the link in my bio. Uh, so there you can register for free as well. And I want to particularly speak to those of you who've been married, whether it's been a few years or, or 30 years, I want to ask you this question. When's the last time you've done something to enrich your marriage? I don't mean go on date night. I'm talking about like you're, you're getting formation on marriage. You're learning about how can I be a better husband to my wife? How can I be a better wife to my husband? When's the last time you've actually done some formation in marriage. You know, we do this in our professional careers all the time, right? Ongoing training, you're learning new skills and all. Are we, are we learning the skills, the art of marriage, learning the virtues I need in my marriage life to build deeper unity and trust, bring healing into wounds in our marriage. If marriage is so important, it's the number one relationship here on earth that we have as, as, as Catholic married couples, you know, if, if this is so important, we need to take time to enrich it to strengthen it. And what a wonderful opportunity. So check it out coming up here, June 11th through 13th, the Catholic Marriage Summit, uh, a free conference online. You can watch the videos from your own time at your own schedule. You could pick, oh, I want to hear this speaker. I, this topic is really important for us. Uh, and you get to plan it out yourself. It's amazing. It's all for free. Check out the link in the show notes and the link on my uh, Instagram page uh, that you can find uh, in the bio there. But let's turn back to our question here. Should health be our number one priority. You know, St. Thomas Aquinas asks the question, you know, in what does happiness consist? Where do I find my end? What, what is my goal in life? And he goes through a number of things like fame and pleasure and uh, wealth and other things. And one of the items he, he asks about is bodily health. You know, is, is my physical health the number one thing? Is that, is that what I should, should strive for to protect and aim for in my life? And he says, while it's very important, it is not the number one thing. Because more important than bodily health is our spiritual health. More important than my body is my soul, uh, you know, my holiness, my, my salvation. But this world, the secular age gets us to just focus on this present visible world. And all I have is this present physical life. And so I have to preserve it at all costs. And, and we often forget that we're just pilgrims here on earth. We are pilgrims on our way to our heavenly home eternal life. And we, we have to just remember that as Catholics. And I think this whole COVID-19 situation is shedding light on our own hearts. It's getting us to look in our hearts and examine, you know, where do I really place my security? <laughs> where do I really try to find my fulfillment, my safety, my protection in life? And, and I think if you're like me, I, I bet there's been moments in this crisis where you maybe look and go, oh, wow, I really panicked on this front, or I have this anxiety here. Is my, am I really living my faith? Do I really trust the father and his plan? You know, the wonderful thing about the, what belief is, you know, and you read about this in the catechism, article 150 is that, you know, when we believe, when we have faith, it's more than just intellectual. I, I believe in the Eucharist. I believe in Mary, I believe in the church. You know, it's more than that. Just saying I, my mind assents to everything that Jesus revealed through his church. Yes. I, of course, that's a part of faith. But it's also more than that. I, I do I do I actually entrust my life to this God that I say I believe in. It's not enough to just say God exists. Do I actually entrust my life to Him? This God who is so trustworthy, so faithful, He even died for me. Do I entrust my life to Him? 
And I think the whole COVID-19 situation kind of exposes where, where we really try to place our trust. You know, instead of finding our, our rock and foundation in God, we, we're turning, we often turn to so many other things. In our secular age, it's, it, we, we, we as Christians, because we're surrounded in a secular culture, try to find our, our you know, it's, it's about my self-reliance, what I do, my career, my effort, my skill, my plans, my, my stock portfolio, my savings, my job, you know, and, and, and when there's problems, you know, I hope, well, my boss will figure it out or my, 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 my favorite political leader will solve our problems. My favorite medical expert will solve all our problems. And, well, we know that the true foundation of our lives is God. And that's what the biblical word for belief, where we get the word amen, the Hebrew word hamin, is to believe. It literally means to take your stand on something else. And if I really believe I'm going to take my stand, not on myself and not on my career, not like on on, how, on my wealth or my health or my, uh, my fame, none of those things, those are very fragile. You know, I want to take my stand. I want to, I want to have as the foundation for my life, God. And, and I think this, this, this crisis challenges us to really look in and, and ask, is God really at, my, at the foundation? I, I want to take you back to that moving scene of Pope Francis and that, that prayer service he gave near the end of Lent. You know, what, what a moving moment that was, wasn't it? You know, and you see the Pope there in St. Peter's Square all alone, you know, uh, on this Friday evening in this square that's normally full of thousands and thousands of pilgrims and tourists from all over the world. And he's there all alone in this quiet, forlorn St. Peter's Square. And the rain is pouring down. And he's walking up those steps all alone. I mean, wow. It was so moving, you know, I think when we look back, you know, you know, a hundred years from now and people remember the crisis of 2020 and there'll be certain pictures that capture the moment. That'll be one of the pictures, I think. But what Pope Francis did that day, more than the picture, I, I think is what he said. And he reflected on that biblical scene of the disciples with Jesus in the boat and they're crossing the Sea of Galilee and a big storm comes and they're panicking and they're worried they're going to sink and drown and die. And, and, and they wake up Jesus. Jesus is asleep and, and they say to him, don't you care? <laughs> and Jesus calms the storm and then challenges the disciples with two questions. Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? Why are you afraid? Have you no faith? And Pope Francis re repeats that those two questions over and over again in this prayer address. You, you really need to read this address. We'll put a link to it. It's really short. You can read about five to 10 minutes, and, uh, but it's beautiful. And, and, and Pope Francis poses that question of Jesus to the disciples. He poses it to us today. He says, you know, it's as if we're passing through a storm. This whole virus is like a great storm. And our boat is, you know, uh, we feel it's, it's going to be capsizing. We're wondering, where is God in the midst of this? And yet Jesus is there and he is providing and sustaining and protecting. But he challenges, why are you afraid? Have you no faith? Listen to what Pope Francis says about this. The storm, the storm of the virus, exposes our vulnerability and uncovers those false and superfluous certainties around which we have constructed our daily schedules, our projects, our habits, and our priorities. In other words, in a secular world that doesn't think that much about God, you know, we, we, we just go on with our own plans, dreams, hopes, and, 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 but they're not founded on the true rock, the true foundation of our lives. And, and, but we go on thinking like, hey, everything's great. I'm in control. I, I'm relying on myself here and it's all going great. But now all that's been stripped away. It's been all stripped away. And we realize how fragile 
our existence is, and that we can't really put our hope in these things. Pope Francis goes on to say, quote, it shows how we have all allowed to become dull and feeble, the very things that nourish, sustain, and strengthen our lives and our communities. This tempest lays bare all our prepackaged ideas and forgetfulness of what nourishes our people's souls. In other words, it's just exposing that the, the things we think you know, will sustain us and protect us and bring us happiness really don't. And, and it shows how much we've neglected what matters most in life. Friendship, love, community, God, his church, grace, the sacraments. These are the things that really sustain us. So I'm so thankful for Pope Francis reminding us of what really matters most in life. And uh, I'm also thankful for other leaders like the bishop in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Have you heard about Bishop Baldacchino? You may have heard he was one of the first bishops to reopen and, and uh, open up masses and make them available. And he did it very deliberately, very carefully, safely. But he himself said he was inspired by Pope Francis. Pope Francis had said, drastic measures are not always good. And he saw the drastic measures that even the church was taking in Rome. And he realized, no, we need to open the churches of Rome. And he quickly opened them. And he challenged priests and bishops to, to be close to the people in this time and not abandon them. And, and the Bishop of Las Cruces, Bishop Baldacchino is his name, was very moved by this. And that's what inspired him to want to reopen as quick as he safely could. And, you know, in this, in this era where we keep talking about essential services and what's essential, what's not essential, the Bishop of Las Cruces points out, you know, that there's a lot of things we're saying are essential, but we're not saying faith is essential right now. <laughs> and spiritual nourishment, the Eucharist is essential. You know, I live here in Colorado. And, you know, we, we may have stores open, you know, grocery stores, that, that, that's pretty essential. Certainly the medical field, you know, their work is very essential right now. Of course we would say that, but you know, did you know liquor stores are open in, in most States here? And, uh, and, and here in Colorado, we have legalized marijuana. Marijuana is open, you know, that that's essential. That's considered an essential service. And we're willing to let people risk exposure to this virus, to go to the liquor store, to go to get marijuana but to go receive the Eucharist? No, that's not allowed. That's where we're at today. Listen to what the Bishop of uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico says. He says this, we have our priorities all upside down now. Here in New Mexico, you can buy all the liquor you want. This is essential and worth the risks. You can buy marijuana, this is an essential service, and the risks are tolerated. But the Eucharist, the summit of our Christian faith, the sacrament of our salvation, this is not worth any risk. It's too dangerous. We take risks to buy destructive things and call it essential while denying ourselves the true medicine. <laughs> He's there referring, of course, to the traditional Catholic understanding of the Eucharist as the true medicine for our souls. He concludes by saying, quote, The Big Mac and Miller Lite? essential. The body of Christ, not so much. Thank you, Bishop Baldacchino, for, for highlighting that for us. You know, and I'm so thankful when Christian leaders stand up and remind us of what, what is really essential, what really matters most in life. I'm bewildered, though, when I, when I hear you know, high-ranking medical officials in Washington you know, say things like this, you know, when, when asked, hey, you know, if somebody uses the social media media app Tinder, you know, which is used to you find someone to hook up with, have sex with, and if somebody finds that and they, they want to have a hookup, is is that okay? 
And then this very top high ranking medical official comes back and says, well, you know, if the person's willing to take the risk, I guess that would be okay. You know, everyone has their own risk tolerance, you know, so some people can't tolerate that much risk, but, you know, as long as they're aware of it, I guess, you know, if they're willing to, to take the risk. Now think about that. You know, we, we can't go, don't, don't risk, you know, to go receive the Eucharist when you're socially distanced and, you know, limited amount of people in the church. No, no, we, we don't want to risk that. But to go have a hookup, that's fine. <laughs> or it reminds me of a friend of mine this last weekend was was out, you know, just in a park and socially distanced properly. And she was hitting a volleyball to a friend back and forth. And it wasn't even a game. It wasn't like 6v6 volleyball. It wasn't even with a net. They're just hitting a volleyball in the park. And the park ranger comes and stops them. And then she asked, well, what's the problem? And we're, we're six feet apart. And he goes, no, you're touching the same ball. You can spread the disease. We won't allow two human beings to have some social time together, some basic friendship out of fear of the disease spreading for touching the same ball. But hey, you know, if you find a social media app on Tinder and you want to have sex with someone you don't know, that's okay. There's a lot of contradictions out there. Uh, and, and, and we just want to think about these things again with a, a Catholic mind. I want to close with some practical things, Practi- three practical things that we can all do here. First of all, I think we all should ask ourselves in this time of trial, where do I place my trust? Where do I place my trust? You know, Pope Francis has said, now is a time of choosing. That's what he said in this prayer service. It's time to choose. You know, and this coronavirus crisis is forcing us to really make choices here. Do, do I choose what really matters most in life or am I going to choose what passes the way? Passes away? Am I going to seek spiritual goods and make sure I'm maintaining that? Or am I going to put all my hope in the hopes of this world? my job, my wealth, my reputation, my health. Is that where I'm going to place all my hope? Am I going to focus on what's truly necessary or what's not? And I I think this is a great time for all of us to, again, examine our consciences and ask, where do I place my trust? And when we've had those moments where we've been afraid, moments when a loved one was at risk or maybe died, Maybe we lost our jobs. In those moments, there's a lot of panic. And I, I think it's understandable. You know, I, I want to be clear here. You know, there, there's been some serious challenges in society, you know, with the, you know, the loss of many jobs and certainly the fear of the, uh, of the virus, especially for elderly people and those that are at risk. It, it's, you know, it's understandable why someone's afraid. If you have a roaring lion charging you, you should be afraid. There's nothing wrong. It would be actually inhuman, unhealthy to not be afraid. And, and and one can make the case that in certain circumstances, this virus really is like a roaring lion. And so, you know, having having a, a natural fear is is understandable. But we don't want it to lead to panic and anxiety, where I lose my peace. That's never from God. God doesn't want us to lose our peace. And so, I want you to think about the last two months. Has there, uh, when were there moments that you lost your peace? You weren't just concerned. You didn't have just natural, you know, ordinary healthy fear, but you really lost your peace and you started panicking, maybe about finances, your job, your health, the health of a loved one. And I, and I would just to spend a little time and surrender that to Lord. Lord, I, I, I know I didn't, I didn't trust you. I was like those disciples. I was panicking. Where are you, God? Don't you care in those moments? And Lord, I know you're patient and gentle and merciful with me and, you know how weak I am, Lord, and I, I'm going to panic again, probably. <laughs> I'm going to have anxiety again. I'm sure that's there. Talk to God about it. Just admit where you're really at. That's okay. 
And, but ask him for the grace. Jesus, help heal my emotions, heal my heart here. Help me to trust you more. I know I don't trust you as much as I should. And maybe I'm not, I don't have my priorities as straight as I should, but I want to. That, that'll do so much good. You know, I think that'll be a great spiritual good that we can come away that you know, no matter what's happening because of the coronavirus, whether I'm suffering financially or, you know, I'm afraid of what may happen physically to me, we should always have confidence that no matter what may unfold in our lives, God can bring good out of it. He really can. It's not just that God provides for you and he's going to help you. I mean, that, that can sound, you know, almost a little trite. I want just to see the reality though, that God is really in charge of this world. And if he allows some bad thing to happen in our lives, you know, under his purview here, so to speak, you know, under his providence, that means he can and desires to bring some good from it in your life to help you grow in some way spiritually and maybe growing in trust more, growing in humility more, uh, growing in, uh, you know, away from self-reliance and reliance on God, that those are all really good things that can happen. So let's, let's, let's actually turn our, our anxieties and our, our panic attacks into moments of, of, of opportunity to practice trust to practice trust, even if we don't practice it perfectly, the fact that we're intentional or trying is a great good in our souls. Secondly, I want to talk about what what one practical thing you could do is discern what you're really taking in. What are you taking in? What are you feeding your mind with, your soul with in these times? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? I say this because I, I hear from a lot of people like, like they're hearing every latest report and they're all into one conspiracy theory or another or, and against this or against this on left or right. I don't care where you are on the political spectrum. I hear about this all the time. And I just would want to say whether you're watching Fox News or MSNBC a lot and just be careful because all of these media outlets, at least a number of them, have openly admitted that they've been instructed to run as, as, as many pieces on COVID-19 as possible. At least I saw one, one major media just openly admitted that, yeah, that's what we're being instructed to do. I think it's pretty clear that's what they're all doing, right? Because that improves your ratings. You get more clicks, you get more likes, and you're going to share it with others. And you're going to keep clicking and clicking and clicking. You know, it's clickbait, you know, and, and just realize that that might not be good for our soul. Now, I'm not saying to unplug completely. It's good to know what's going on, what's the latest, and we can pray for the situation, but ask yourself, how much time are you spending there? And, and when you spend time in this space, does it bring you peace? That's a very important question. If you're not detached from it and you lose your peace, that's not healthy for you. That means you're not spending enough time with God and with the people in your life. You're spending too much time in, in all these media reports and things that are provoking fear and anxiety and anger and whatever that might be. That's not, that's not from God. Fill your mind more with the gospel, with the saints. Be a little detached, a little removed. Be careful what you're taking in. So last point, last practical point. It's just to think, you know, as we're, again, moving toward reopening and, and you're trying to figure out what's, what's you know, thinking through what's best for society in these days, just remember to always put that in the, in the eyes of faith. You know, look at it through the eyes of faith. We're always remembering that spiritual goods are more important than bodily goods, you know, more important than health doesn't mean health is not important. And we need to take it really seriously, especially out of love for other people. We need to take that seriously, but but let's also put it in a broader perspective of, of the spiritual things. We don't want it to, to, to negate, exclude the spiritual realities that we need to run after. And, and I want to really encourage you to think about the common good and not just your own good. I think sometimes when we're, we're, we're focused, you know, on when, when, when we're taken away by fear, we tend to close in on ourselves. We're focused on self. We're focused on thinking about what's important for me, what's good for me, what's going to protect me and my family and 
my dreams. And I just think it's important as we think about these things, let's think about everybody else. Let's think about the poor, how this affects them. Let's think about the the millions and millions of people losing their jobs. And let's weigh that as well. Now, maybe, you know, we, we can look back and go, yeah, we needed to do this to, you know, to save lives. And, you know, maybe there's an argument for that. But I, I, I just, if, if we're going to think about these things, let's really take into consideration how many people are suffering. You know, a lot of these people don't have a lot of savings and they lost their jobs. And what is this is going to do to them? Uh, you know, we think about so many lives interrupted, careers interrupted, relationships interrupted, education interrupted. These, these are serious losses. You know, we, we have to, and, and it really dramatically impacts people's lives. The amount of depression that is dramatically increased in these recent weeks, and the loneliness so many people have, the the suicide rates that are that are skyrocketing in certain sections of the country because of all this, the the health issues. A number of medical officials are talking about how, yeah, people are afraid to go to the doctor; they don't want to go for checkups, and so now there's more physical health issues than than before. People feel a pain in their chest, but they don't want to get it checked out. They have a heart attack. You know, there's, there's all this going. On. All of this has to be considered as well. You know, and again, there's going to be prudential decisions and what's the best way forward. But I think it's important we just begin with some of these higher level principles and keep in mind that we're made for more than this world. To keep in mind that really God is the one in charge, to keep in mind that he's there to protect us and help us. And he can even bring good from Eve. All these higher level truths are important. The common good is more important than my own personal good. I shouldn't impose my fear and desire for self-preservation on everybody else if it's going to mean damage for their lives. Those are things we all have to seriously weigh. How that all gets cashed out, you know, I think there's going to be prudential decisions on how that applies. I just want to make sure that we're all thinking about this through the lens of faith and that it leads to peace in our interior souls and not to anxiety and not to panic. I hope this has been helpful for you. I want to remind you all, if you want to attend that virtual marriage conference coming up June 11th or 13th, remember for free, uh, you can register, go to the link that's down in the show notes. Uh, and you can get those show notes at ascensionpress.com slash all things Catholic. If you haven't subscribed to those, you can get all the background information and uh, a lot more additional content in those show notes each week. So it's ascensionpress.com slash all things Catholic. Anyway, check out the show notes. There's the, the registration link for the marriage conference here. You can also go to my, my Instagram page uh, and you can find the link in the bio there as well. And lastly, I, I really invite you all, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about these things and we're all trying to figure out how to navigate this. I know I don't have all the answers, and uh, but I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'd love to hear, you know, how you have been dealing with the fear and the anxiety. And if there's anything from this show that's helped you and encouraged you, let me know. You can reach out to me always at infoedwards 3 at gmail.com. That's infoedwards at gmail.com. Thanks so much and God bless.